man, I, I will, I'll never forget. I'll never forget those, those moments. Um, um, <clears throat> learning that one of your athletes has passed and having to pull together these, these girls that were the closest of friends was the hardest challenge in my coaching career. Still have uh, Danik's picture in my office, still have all of her t-shirts, her pins. She, uh, uh, you know what? I can't go there. Um, sorry about that, Jay. The, um, the people want to hear, man. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to try to reposition my thoughts. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, that team, that team has a big place in my heart. And, um... and we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin, where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 118. Not sure if there's going to be a 119, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today we have on Casey Marlowe, my good friend, and the man behind the opening music you just heard, and the genius behind all of our American cheer music. We talk about his introduction into cheerleading, his coaching career, and how that eventually led him into doing music full time, and then how the music game has changed over the years. But before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcasts. It's the summertime, so it's the time when we bring in lots of our guests. But when we don't have on a great guest like Casey, it's typically just me and B cutting it up. I mentioned this a few episodes ago that TikTok and IG were both going to break 10 thousand followers and officially both of them have we're having tons of fun over there thank you so much for the love and the support and just you know making this channel go and grow and if you're not following us over there be sure to do so because we are having tons of fun let's talk to your podcast on instagram and jason c larkins on TikTok, and shout out to Claire holding us down on social media, and Jenny, who does all of our editing, right? She's editing this as we speak, but let's not forget my mother, Sheila, Sarah, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate, Michelle, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine, Heidi, Adam, Jasmine, Casey, Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG. And she just did my daughter's birthday cake. And it was perfect. Lauren Clark and our newest supporter, The Juice. OJ, thanks for supporting the show, man. 
If you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the description, link in the show notes. You can do that for as little as 99 cents a month. I'm the cheer director at AmericanCheerAKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a great man, one of my best friends, great dad, great husband, great music producer. The list goes on. Finally, so glad to have him on the show. Without further ado, Casey Marlowe. Casey, welcome to the show, man. What's up, Jason Larkins? Jay Fresh, baby, what's good, <laughs> man? Here you are, man, dude. We've made it happen. <laughs> um, I've been calling you out on the last few episodes. So we went, I think we went three episodes. I was like, yo, Casey, you got to come on the show. So here we go. K-Fresh Marlowe, the guy who's been plugged since, I mean, you've been being plugged since, you know, the early days of the episode of the pod. And so we finally got you on the show, man. So it's good to have hey, you. Hey, man. It's good to finally be here. Good that we could finally catch up, meet up, get on the pod. I'm excited for it, man. A little nervous, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, you got this. Dude, <laughs> come on, you're a professional. Fun fact that most people do not know, Casey, you're one of the groomsmen at the wedding, at you know the, the marriage of Jason and Ashley yes, Larkins. Sir. So you're standing by my side, homies. I appreciate man, that. I always so, have your uh, back. You might be the first groomsman to make it on the show. Hey, well, I'm yeah. honored. Honored it. to be a groomsman, honored to be your friend, man. <laughs> Man, always got your back, bro. There you go. Hey, if we ever renew the vows, oh, let's go. So anyway, let's hop into the show. So Casey, I want to start at the beginning. I actually don't really remember this story. I know I ask everyone this, but Casey, how'd you get into the game? How'd you get into actually cheerleading? Oh man, I gotta, I gotta dust off the cobwebs, man. That was a story long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, once upon a time, cheer was never an interest of mine. I was world champion martial artist, junior Olympic gold medalist. That's just what I did. A really good buddy of mine that I trained with for a very long time ended up becoming the mascot at his high school. And I believe he went to Elsinore High School, but I can't be 100% certain on that. But uh, yeah, man, he'd get in the uniform or in, in the mascot outfit and he'd have a helmet on or and it had a chin strap. And, you know, I went to a couple of their football games. He'd be out there just going, you know, round off backflip, which at the time we didn't know what they were called. We called them flash kicks because it was like a layout step out, but it was like super <laughs> arched back, like a Street Fighter character, you know, because that's what we did. We're martial mm -hmm. artists. We did crazy flips. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And and so I lived through my freshman year of high school, just doing the thing, going to school, not really participating in much. And sophomore year, I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I was a pretty shy kid. So didn't really like being in the spotlight. And it kind of sounds weird because I did martial arts and that was putting me in a spotlight. But I had been doing that for a decade before doing this. So this was on a mm -hmm. whole new stage. You know, you're directly performing in, the, in front of your peers. And that kind of scared the tar out of me. But anywho, so sophomore year came along. Long, went to cheer tryouts and there's a ton of people there. And something that I didn't know at the time is that my high school had a lot of male cheerleaders and they were out there flipping around, jumping, tossing girls in basket tosses. We had a couple really strong co-ed partner stunners. So they were doing, you know, walk to extensions, hands press lib, and it was very impressive. So I go out with the mascots and there's like three of us. And let's just say that it was brought to my attention really clearly that I needed to try out for the cheer team and not the mascots. And I was looking around, not necessarily knowing, but you know, a group of girls came 
came up and said, hey, why don't you do that toe touch? I was like, what's a toe touch? Like, it's where you jump up and you split your legs. And, you know, I was a martial artist. I could do the splits. I could do crazy kicks up above my head. So, you know, I, I don't know the approach, you know, they do a high V and they swing through and they hit and I'm just like, uh, no. So I like do this karate stance and then I jump my feet together and then I hiya, kick my feet up, man. I'm telling you, it was, it was 11 and one. It was very impressive. Granted, my knees were a little bent. I'd flex feet. It was definitely not cute. But I mean, I, I felt like when I landed, you could hear a pin drop, like all eyes were on me and I got yeah. instantly terrified. Like, uh oh, that was terrible. Everyone's going to make fun of me. And the next yeah. thing I know, it erupts like oh did you see that guy's jump and then all the dudes came yeah. over and it was like oh well you know i i broke in finally so yeah. after that they you know taught me a couple stunts you know did some chair sits did a walk to hands they're like hey can you do a, can you do a back tuck i was like what's that it's like oh it's it's you know backflip oh that time i could do this really gnarly arched backflip did this funky step into it too it was it was atrocious it was cool in martial arts not in cheerleading so went ahead did one of those and like, oh, that's it. That's it. You're trying out for cheerleading. So long drawn out story, but that was the day I became a high school cheerleader. There we go. <laughs> I love it. I don't think you've actually told me. I think I remember hearing, I, I knew you were the world champion. In case y'all missed that, world champion martial artist. I remember seeing the, the plaques, the awards in the uh, guest bedroom. So that's all I knew. I was like, dude, Casey, are these real? Are these yours? Like, yeah, I'm the man. So like, <laughs> no, note to self, don't mess with Casey. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So you get into, you do that. What's the next step from Canyon Springs High School? What's after that? Ooh, good old Cougars, turquoise, black and white. Let's go. Yeah, man. Like anything else that I did, I was hungry and I was starving for knowledge. I wanted to be the best that I could be. And I would not stop until I was either learning from the best or around the best. And so my best friend from high school, Michael Peterson and I, we found a couple uh, older guys that were at the time cheering at Long Beach State. And they invited us to come to Costa Mesa to open gym at Gym Max. And I know you've been there before. That was the spot to go back in the early 2000s. And shoot, it might still be the spot for all I know. But that's where everybody went. Wednesday night, open gym. If you were not at Gym Max, I don't know where you were at because everybody was there. Yeah. We had Long Beach you know State. Really funny? I hate to interrupt, but I just told the kids about Gym Max like two weeks ago. And we're in the gym. And I said something. I was like, guys, you don't understand. Gym Max? I was like, the place was just packed with everyone. It was the most live open gym you'd ever seen in your life. Yeah. And it was just Gym Max at that time. It, there's no way it's the way it, even if they still doing open gyms, there's no way it's the way it was back when we were going. And we didn't even know each other at the time. It's just where everyone went for open gym. It was just the most, that's like, when I think of open gym, that's what I think of. Because it was just the epitome of what you wanted in open gym to be like like yeah uh, literally a hundred cheerleaders in there just doing all sorts of just craziness it was like a stunt fest tumble fest every week at you know in costa mesa anyway continue yeah man so yeah we uh we'd go out wednesdays we'd mob out it's about a you know 40 plus minute drive and uh, we did that sophomore junior and senior year so we'd go out every wednesday and 
just connected and networked with some amazing athletes. And we would be mingling with the stunners looking like fools because they were all doing these crazy toss to the top stunts that we couldn't even pronounce. And, you know, then mobbing up to the front of the mat because if you remember, you know, it was a seven, seven panel spring floor and it yep. was positioned sideways. So everybody would be facing the wrong way in a performance standpoint on a, a spring floor. So the front two panels, everybody tumbled right across of it into a pit. And that was amazing because at that point, all the fear of eating complete garbage went out the window because, oh, you know, there's an eight inch stack mat. I'm not going to bust my face. <laughs> but yeah, man, and that's where it all went. You know, we'd go there, you know, sharpened up my tumbling game, got to meet a little bit more personally, my college coach at that time, Eric Anderson. And uh, yeah, that's that's where it blossomed, man. And after high school, knowing all of those people and knowing uh, Eric, I was invited to try out for their pro open team. And that's what it was called back then. Now it's collegiate level. What is it? Uh, level level seven, right? Like level seven. Yeah. yeah. And it was Titan Elite. Prior, it was Cheer Empire. And that's where everybody went after high school. You know, you, you cheered in cheered in college or you cheered at Cheer Empire slash Titan Elite. So that was my college cheer experiences. Continued to grind the tumbling game. I wasn't never, I wasn't ever the best stunter in the world. Granted, I did throw some rewinds and fill-ups in my day, but tumbling is just, it was just natural. And that's what I love to do. So I was a, I was yeah. a tumbler on the team. And that was back in the day where y you were either a tumbler, a flyer, or a stunter. That was it. You know, you get to the elite stunt section as they call it now. And if you were a tumbler, well, you were standing somewhere waiting for your corner pass. It was <laughs> glorious because at that at that time, I mean, you had like eight to 10, eight counts of these long drawn out stunts and you're just standing in the back catching a breeze, man, getting your getting your wind. But man, I can't tell you. And I had so many tumbling passes in those routines. I It was crazy. I don't even know how I survived it looking at it now, but shoot. Yeah. Hey, that year we competed against each other at NCA. What place did you guys end up getting? Gosh, man, I, thought, I think we we're the fourth place national champs, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man gosh it went uh was it it was like gym time cheer athletics gym time definitely top, won. <laughs> and, and then it was cheer empire at that time texas that was when you were at knack yeah man guys i gotta tell this story i know this is casey's <laughs> moment to shine but we had i think i told the, i might have told a, a version of the story with mandy or man is how i met mandy weidman or mandy morgan as we know her today but we had the the pro x open team and they're like guys we're gonna put together a team and they're gonna beat louisville and we're like let's do it <laughs> and so it's all you know it's half sfa half OSU. We have like three practices to put together this routine and it's a, a hot mess. <laughs> you know, it's super talented, super talented group of athletes, but have no practice together, put together. Oh, this is a great story. I've always wanted to tell this story on, on the pod. Do you remember Nicole Grazier? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Okay. So guys, for those of you guys who don't know, Nicole Grazier, cheer, cheer liberty, right? Household name back when we were, when we were cheering and she invented the Grazier basket. So if you're out there and you've heard of like the Grazier tumbling move, it's named after this literal girl, Nicole Grazier. Grazier's on the team, right? She's the basket queen. 
routine. And I have, I have to throw a basket with her in the routine. And we've only thrown tucks together. And she's supposed to throw a double full. And her stunt partner was there too on the team. They were both, they both cheered at OU. So it's like SFA, OSU, and then like two, literally just two OU people. And I remember being kind of nervous. I'm a freshman or not. I'm a rookie at, at SFA. So I'm kind of nervous. And I'm like, hey, so, you know, we compete tomorrow at NCA. Do you think we should throw this double full? Like, should we throw a double full basket? And she looked at me and like laughed. Like, I'm Nicole Grazier. I got this. <laughs> like, all right, my bad, Hobie. <laughs> so um, anyway, we're a hot mess and we got last place. So there you go. But y'all beat us. So but I still... <laughs> I still remember one of the first times, you know, we actually got to hang out and we were talking and uh, I mean, we were talking about those years of college cheer together. And you mentioned about that routine and you're like, oh yeah, uh, we ended the routine in baskets and we all flopped to the floor and you see me in the back of the mat. I'm like on my elbow with my one arm in the air, like, oh yeah. <laughs> Granted, we did terrible and, but I was in the back throwing it up. And still, I still have that DVD, man, and I'll throw it on every now and then when I'm bored or, you know, now with my daughter cheering, she likes to watch that kind of stuff with me. And, uh, oh man, I I just died, man. I was like, man, look at that young buck just watch terrible cheerleading. Yeah, man. I mean. (laughs) Just watch some terrible cheerleading. Terrible cheerleading. I mean, I I guess to now standards, if you look at what's going on right now and then you rewind, you know, 10 to 15 years, but dude, back in the day, bro, we were, we were killing it, man. The things that were done, the stunts that were thrown, like, yeah, I don't want to give away anything from later in the pod, but man, I, I just, I literally miss the days of, you know, waiting for that last corner pass or waiting for Mm. what that one stunt is going to be. I remember 2004 going to Daytona for the first time and sitting down and watching in the Ocean Center uh, D1A and D1 and not necessarily knowing who was, you know, the best of the best. I mean, everybody knew Louisville at the time because they just were stomping everybody. And they always did. It was rare that, you know, they didn't stomp anybody. But I remember Louisville coming out and opening up on that hard mat at two to whip double. And on the back, you have a a huge grazier basket toss. And it was just so impressive, especially coming from the West Coast where, you know, not necessarily saying that we didn't have skills like that. It just, they had so many of them that it was so amazing to witness. And it definitely lit a fire in all of us to go back every Wednesday to Gym Max and step our game up even more for that next season. Because that's what you did. You did a performance here or there, but you had one competition. And that one competition was either NCA Dallas or NCA Daytona. That was it in the college mm-hmm. game. Because there was nobody else to really compete against in your divisions, you know, out here. Well, out here in the West Coast, I should say. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get on to this. Eventually, you decide you're going to be a coach. So talk to me about getting into coaching, first job, what was that like? You know, talk to us about the, you know, the transition from athlete to coach. Are you looking for an overnight cheer camp this summer? Look no further than Dream Camps. Guys, I'm telling you, I've had lots of industry friends work as instructors at Dream Camps and have heard nothing but great things. With individual cheer camps available in both Oregon and Florida, Dream Camps is the perfect place for athletes to progress their skills in tumbling, jumping, stunting, and dance. And I can confirm this next part, but Dream Camps brings out some of the best instructors 
in the country to help athletes reach their full potential in a fun and supportive environment. Spaces are limited, so head on over to OregonDreamCamps.com and register today to secure your spot. Link in the show notes. So talk to me about getting into coaching, first job, what was that like? You know, talk to us about the, you know, the transition from athlete to coach. Oh man. I mean, I always loved being a coach. Even in martial arts, as soon as I got into the higher ranks and to my black belt, it was a requirement as you you went through the upper ranks to assist in classes, eventually teach your own classes. And the goal was to eventually become full ranked instructor and then move on and open your own studio. And now you're ready for it, right? So I had been coaching kids for almost a decade by the time I was getting out of high school and getting into cheerleading at such a deeper level. So it was was my first year out of high school and I got a small gig helping out my high school JV team and really enjoyed it, had a lot of fun, learned a lot. Didn't necessarily know the ins and outs of coaching, um, but thanks to my friends I had met at Gym Max and the connections I had grown, I was able to uh, land an all-star coaching job, which I didn't even know all-star cheer existed to tell you the truth until I was on Titan Elite and Cheer Empire. And it was this whole other side story to cheerleading. I was so blinded by high school. And then to go into All-Star and see just hundreds of kids coming in, paying tuition and just doing the competitive side of cheering and not having to do the sidelines and all the above. I mean, it was it was amazing. I loved that. And I think that's what attracted me to moving primarily to the All-Star world from high school because I just wanted to compete. That's just who I was. That was embedded in my DNA at a very young age. So got a job in Anaheim Hills at a gym called Maximum. And we were a, a small gym. We had, I think, a team at the time, um, which was a co-ed level four team. And at that time, co-ed level four, you could throw fulls. So much different world. Um, but got in that, um, me and well, I think we had three other coaches at that time, man. And we, 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 we got together, we put together a routine, you know, and we ended up winning USA Nationals that year. And it was just, that was it. From that moment on, I was a cheer coach. The, the thrill of seeing somebody else that, you know, you're putting so much time and effort into and then watching them grow and then seeing so many of those individuals that are growing individually, right? But like together as a team and then seeing them be successful and then reaping the rewards of winning, you know, the most prestigious uh, championship that, you know, know, you were going to at that season. I mean, hook, line, sinker, I was in. I mean, I loved being an athlete and performing myself, but I took so much, so much more, I guess, I enjoyed being an athlete in cheer so much, but seeing a team go from what they started from and turning into something amazing, that was it. I knew that from that point on, that's just what I wanted to pursue and I wanted to get better at it. So, you know, continued on. I mean, this is going back to, I think, 2004. So that was my first year coaching in all-star cheer. From that point on, had a good uh, few years with Maximum and then transitioned over to another gym called Titan Elite 
And that was a whole lot of fun because I got to coach with a few of my best friends at the time, Bode Beal and Adam Champion. And and we we had a we had a strict game plan. We were gonna take over the world. We were gonna grow this gym. We were gonna kick everybody's butt. And I mean, we did a phenomenal job. Our teams were stacked, a lot of good wins, just a lot of a lot of fun. And especially being with two of my closest friends at that time, it just made it that much better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, do I dude? It's a couple of name drops there. Bode Beal. Shout out to Bode Beal. Shout out Shout to, out to Adam Beal. Champion. Adam Champion. Um, <laughs> I gotta call out Bode. Bode's funny. It was funny. I was thinking about Bode because that's where I first saw Bode was like the king of Jim Max. He would like go because he could stunt and tumble. And so he would go, you know, you know, and he would just go and be like th- that dude at Jim Max. Like, okay, I see you, Bode. I just always remember seeing him at Jim Max too before I actually met him. Every time I see Bode, he always recruits me for music. And I'm like, dude, Bode. Casey's my dude. I'm not going anywhere. I'm loyal to the soil. I'm not switching up. And he's like, but you know who taught Casey how to do music? That's his line. Yeah. You know who taught Casey how to do music? It's your boy. I'm like, hey, I feel you. He's always trying to pry like a tiny prep out of me. He's like, just let me do one mix. I nod. Hey, man, loyal to the soil. So, um, but shout out to Bode because he's a great guy. He actually is. He's a great guy. Yeah, good stuff. Real quick, I do want to say this when you're talking about coaching and, and everything. Guys, although Casey is no longer with us in the, in the coaching realm. Casey, you are a great coach. The world Thanks, has man. truly lost a great coach in you. You really were. You were great. You were a really good coach. Did I ever tell you? You probably knew this. So I guess I'm telling this story to the pod. You took my job, Casey. Did you know that? I'm sure you knew that. Did you ever tell me what? <laughs> that, you, that, that you took my job. I took your job? Yeah, at PCM. What? Yeah, man. Oh, man. I never told you. This is very true. Uh, My first, so my very first year at PCM, I was, I came in in the middle of the season it's my first year ever really coaching all-stars i come in in like september all the teams are set and so i'm just kind of doing tumbling classes i have some private lessons and then they start the mid-season team for me right and so it's the first year pcm's ever had a mid-season team like you know prep was totally different way back then right so our prep team was the mid-season team right and so i coached them and we're going but like everyone every summer when i came back home i would always work with mysterious the world's team right at the gym always worked with them and or if i came in like on winter break or whatever i always worked with mysterious and it was we knew that corona was going to be opening and that sean was going to be going to pcm corona yeah and that there was going to be another coach that needed to coach mysterious and the writing was on the wall and you know Jarrett, he couldn't like keep his mouth shut about anything. So he's always like dropping hints to me that I'm coaching Mysterious next year. And I'm just like, let's go, baby. I'm coaching the my first year in the game. I'm coaching the world's team. Let's go. And I'm ready for it. And I knew I was going to coach the senior level three team. I was going to coach Mysterious right now. Nothing's official. But, you know, again, the writing is on the wall and, and, and there's Jarrett. So and then obviously you and Megan came over from Fierce at the time. Yeah. And I end up being on senior three and senior two supernatural and i was just like oh i'm coaching senior two and i was let me keep it real with you i was not happy 
Oh man, I'm sorry. I, so, I never intended no, to take no, a job, good. dog. No, here's what I'll say, guys. This is Casey 100, and I've said this, whoever I've told this story to. You 100% should have been the, co- you had way more coaching experience than I did. At the, that was like literally would have been my first year, like really coaching all, I mean, I coached midseason the year before. I did a bunch of camps, you know, before that. But that would have been my first true year, or actually, it was my first true year actually coaching All-Stars. You had just got back from Worlds within the same division right you made finals in worlds in the same division and you had just so much more coaching experience it was the right it was a hundred percent the right decision for kelly to make that doesn't mean it didn't hurt my feelings (laughs) so but i remember i got confirmation later i got confirmation later i remember being at kelly's house and she had all these like folders out right just like on her i don't know in like her workspace or whatever and one of the folders i saw the folder and it said mysterious you know whatever year that was and it had the coaches names on it kelly and jason and i was like i knew it i knew i was supposed to be coach mysterious that year <laughs> um i mean that was like a couple years later or whatever but i was just like i, I knew this whole time but anyway it changed that literally changed the trajectory of my life it honestly did because at that moment i was just like all right well i guess i'm not coaching the world's team i guess i'm just gonna be the best you know level two level three coach that I can be. And I got really focused on uh, coaching lower levels. And now here I stand as the man in front of you. So thanks. Thanks, Casey Marla. I never heard that story. (laughs) And low key, I feel terrible. I wasn't trying to take anything, man. I wasn't at all. (laughs) Megan and I were, you know, getting out of a spot at Fierce. And Kelly was very, uh, very nice to offer us a position at PCM. They had just um, decided they were going to be branching out and, uh, growing a location over in Walnut. They were taking over Tammy's old gym from CBU and she needed, Mm -hmm. she needed people there. So she trusted Megan and I to go over there and help transition that gym and, you know, turn them into PCM Walnut at that time. Also, I don't know if she was kind of like trying to lure me in a little bit deeper, but she's like, oh yeah. And you come and coach with me with Mysterious. And like, you know, at the year prior when I was at Fierce, you know, it was, it was us and Mysterious. And, you know, we were going back and forth and, you know, they always wound up us, you know, at Fierce. And so, you know, my eyes opened up a little bit like, oh, okay, you know, so I could help coach you on a team that was beating my team from last year. So I was like, heck yeah, let's go. I mean, I'm ready for this challenge, you know? So yeah, Walnut Mysterious. (laughs) Walnut Mysterious. Hey, real quick. We're supposed to be getting to a break sometime soon, but I'll tell this. It it comes full circle because I eventually took your job. I coach Believe and I took them to Worlds, right? Yeah. So that was fun. That was a fun little you did, man. Fun I, little team, believe. I loved that team. <laughs> I loved that team. They were such a fun group of kids, and we had just so much fun together. I mean, cheerleading is always like super, super, super serious, right? I mean, we're there. We're there to train hard. We're there to win. But I mean, these kids helped me grow so much. Seeing that cheerleading and competition and having that like eye of the tiger mentality could also be balanced with humanity, fun, Mm -hmm. laughter, and all of the above. I mean, we, Megan and I literally talk about Believe a lot. So any of my old Believe girls out there listening to the pod, miss you girls, love you. 
Oh my gosh, had so much fun. Think about you guys and the team all the time. That team, that team has a big place in my heart, especially that last year when you took over. I mean, they, we had such a devastating loss with uh, an athlete of ours passing away. And that was just such a delicate, delicate process. All of these girls had been growing up together and to have one of their closest best friends disappear. Man, mm. I'll never forget those those moments. Still have uh, Danik's picture in my office, still have all of her t-shirts, her pins. That moment, learning that one of your athletes has passed and having to pull together these girls that were the closest of friends was the hardest challenge in my coaching career because it's the balance of having to somehow take what has happened and somehow explain why it's supposed to happen. Seeing the, the girls' faces trying to re-choreograph the routine with that missing heart, it, I don't know, man. It, it took just so much hard work and it was such a group effort to pull together and somehow salvage a season. You know, we were going strong that year. We had had tremendous amount of potential. The team had grown exponentially. I mean, the year prior, we were lucky to have a handful of fulls, but now like we have a full cross corner tumbling section. You know, we have elite, you know, level five stunting skills, which at the time level five was level six now. I mean, we were killing the game and, you know, Danica was the athlete's name. She was, she was one of our elite flyers. So trying to find a, a new flyer to fill that, that spot. And, you know, she was also one of our tumblers. And then we got to find a new tumbler. It it just wasn't the same, but mm -hmm. somehow the resilience of our team and this tremendous loss sparked this, this massive flame to want to get back to where we were at and really finish this year strong, not just for the team and for PCM and for Believe, but no, like we need to do this for Danica. And yeah, it was a crazy season. It definitely didn't end up the way that I wanted it to end up with me leaving PCM, which is a story for another podcast on another day. But you know, swinging us back full circle. If I could trust anybody to take on that team and those girls, it was only you, Jay. A hundred percent, it was only you. You know, they knew you, they trusted you, they loved you. You know, at camp, you were always their biggest cheerleader and always around them. You know, when you would stop by Crown Town to hang out with us, you know, you were always there rooting them on, cheering them on, helping them coach. You know, it was crazy too, because a lot of the girls always said that like we were twins. You know, we always had the the same morals we always had the same stories we always coached very similar in ways that they couldn't necessarily differentiate you know one of us apart from the other um aside from our, our physical appearance because we literally aside spoke the, the same world yeah <laughs> we spoke the same cheerleading world into existence so I, I i tell you this well i've told you this before but you know thank you from the bottom of my heart for finishing that season off the way that it you know needed to and you know taking them onto that world stage and you know i went to worlds that year and I literally bawled my eyes off seeing them out on the floor and getting out there on the stage and doing their thing. And it, it's such a shame yeah. that, you know, they only allowed, you know, those three American teams to push forward into, you know, the next bracket of the international division because they 100% deserve 
deserved to be one of those top three teams, but such a great season. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was really cool. You know, like you said, the, the other, some of this story is for another podcast another yeah. day, but it was cool to, I was glad that I was able to like step into that role and just be like, all right, girls, you know, for a coach like you. And I was like, okay, you know, Casey has this thing going. This is, I can pick up where he left off and just try to give these girls a strong finish to their season. And it was cool. And they go, I remember they went and they, they nailed it that day one. And it's just like, dude, that that's what we needed right there. So anyway, you're our music man. We haven't talked about music at all. So we're going to get to a break. When we come back, we're actually going to talk some music with the man. Let's go. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we are back. Now, I'm sure I said this in the prologue, but Casey, like I said a little bit earlier, you're the man. You're, you're sounds like that. You know, you're K-Fresh Marlo. You're the, you're the official music producer, provider for American Cheer and the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And so, dude, let's talk about, let's hop into the music thing and just talk about that whole thing. So talk to me about how you got into music. Yeah, man, the music game. I mean, kind of goes back to, you know, your your shout out to Bode Beal. He was one of the, uh, one of the guys I had met at Jim Max at a young age and, you know, Definitely, you know, became really close friends with him. And he'd always invite us, you know, me and, and, and a few others over to hang out and whatnot. He'd be on his computer and he'd be playing on, I think it was like Acid 4 was the program at the time. He'd be making music and all that. And we'd just be sitting down playing like Halo in his apartment. And he's just throwing these beats together, you know, getting ready for, you know, teams he coached or whatnot. But um, he was always just the music. He was my music man back when I had coached. So he had, uh, he worked for sounds like that. And the owner of sounds like that is Steve Stetler. And he had been with him for, for a little bit now. Um, when I started coming into the game, but I remember specifically the day I started, we were going to hang out with, with Bode and Adam at Steve Stetler's house. And he lived up in a Huntington Beach area. So, you know, pull up, get out of the car, walk in. And all you hear as soon as you open the door is just cheer music, you know, do, 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 ding, ding, woo, yeah, let's go. You know, old school cheer music. <laughs> Steve's office was downstairs. I mean, all tile floor, all wood floor. So, I mean, it was echoing and reverbing everywhere throughout the kitchen area and whatnot. And uh, upstairs in one of his front rooms was where uh, he had Bode, Adam, and uh, this other guy who was working with them at that time. And so, you know, I mob up there to hang out with them. And, you know, we're just, we're just shooting the breeze, talking, um, waiting for them to get done. So, you know, we always would go to lunch and just hang out from there and usually come back to Steve's house, jump in the pool for a little bit, hang out. And then I move on to the gym and coach privates, coach cheer. And that's just how it went. But that particular day, you know, the third computer station was, was 
wide open. Everybody's mixing music and, you know, out of nowhere, you hear, you know, the thumping of the stairs, you know, dunk, 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 dunk. And here comes Steve and he walks in. He's like, hey, where's so-and-so? Why isn't he here? And, you know, nobody knows where he's at. And so, you know, it's like, who's this guy? It's like, oh yeah, this is Casey. It's like, Casey, you want to make some money? Like, yeah, sure. He's like, all right, sit down here. He gave me this, this printed out, you know, piece of paper that had, you know, what is eight count sheets and this order form that says what they wanted. He's like, all right, sit here, you know, open this program and there you go. And he just walks out the door and I'm like, oh, all right. So uh, I guess I'm sitting here and playing on this computer right now. So yeah, I remember sitting there and this was a Friday and I mean, I got on the computer, you know, Bode and Adam, you know, kind of helped walk me through a few things. Steve came back up and kind of helped me piece together a few things, just kind of showing me the ropes of what to do. And, you know, it took me forever. I think it actually took me a couple Fridays to piece together that that track because, um, you know, I'd put something together and then, you know, Bode or, or Steve would look over my shoulder and then he listened to it. They're like, no, 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 no. Do this, do that, do that, do that, do that. I'm like, oh, OK. You know, so finally got through, you know, made some spare change and it, it was super fun. I didn't realize, you know, at that moment what, you know, beast I had just awoken, right? So every Friday from that point on, you know, I would come and I would sit at that same station and I would mix music. And there were some Fridays where I didn't go to the gym afterwards to coach privates or anything. So I would literally be in that chair from like 8 to 9 a.m. until 10 p.m. And I would just be yeah. Mixing, learning, listening, just trying to sharpen up my craft. Cause you know, like I said earlier, you know, I don't like getting involved in something and not being the best at it. Um, it was just, like I said, it's embedded in my DNA. So I mean, if I wasn't coaching and if I wasn't cheering, if I wasn't doing anything like that, you know, I was figuring out how to work this music program and make cheerleading music. And already being a cheer coach, you listen to cheer music all the time. And during this time as well is when everybody was going on social media and you would trade other teams cheer music you know you couldn't just download it there wasn't a soundcloud it wasn't on youtube like you had to go and find people's profiles and they would have a list of all the cheer teams they would have and they wouldn't just give it to you you would have to have a routine that they didn't have and they would trade you one routine for your one routine so you would just be going yep. back and forth and you'd get somebody's music at the time you'd listen to it nonstop. then you would take it to your cheer practice and you'd play it for everybody like oh what how'd you get so-and-so's music oh um yeah it was like the cheer music napster of the time you know just trading back and forth it's so crazy i had a friend geo who had georgia all he had everyone's mix everyone's mix and i just remember like specifically being like how'd you get georgia <laughs> all-stars <laughs> yeah and it was so rare that you know anybody like as a coach like it was it was rare at that time for anybody to give out their music because that was like Mm -hmm. No, no, no. That is intellectual property of the gym. You are not giving this out to any yeah. of your athletes. You're not posting it. They're not trading it. They're not emailing it. They're not doing anything of the sort. Like you get one CD copy and it is mm -hmm. not to be burned or uploaded or whatever the case it was back in the day. But yeah, yeah, man. So and this is so true. I remember I remember being in All Stars. I remember they burned. We got our music. They burned a copy of our music for all of us. We all got a copy, and I remember them specifically saying, you do not let anyone listen to this music. And I was just like, okay, like this is, you know, our sacred cow. Yeah. That we do not <laughs> let anyone listen to our music. It's so crazy how the game has just changed because all of that is like still embedded in me. 
you know where I don't want to, where I want to keep everything close to the vest, which it's funny because it's still kind of like that in um, college cheerleading. Um, All-Stars is totally different. You know, you see everyone's music and their routines online, but college, everyone still keeps everything. Oh, they still, they release music now, but you keep your routine close to the vest. You don't let anyone see what you're doing. But that like is still like instilled in me, like not to let anyone know what we're doing although we live in a new age so i've tried to adapt but you know in my heart of hearts i want to keep everything under wraps but uh yeah i remember those like it's not it wasn't just your part of the we were from the same state but you know it, it was the country at the time like yeah, yeah, yeah. everything under wraps so anyway so let me let me ask you this what what part of um mixing music came natural to you and what part did you have to study a little bit more I mean, truthfully, I mean, not being, you know, a music major or or an engineering student or anything like that. I mean, basically all of the production side of music, you know, how to make things sound good together and not just clash and be muddy is, you know, the term, you know, all of that is where I had to get to the books and grind and learn and ask questions and, you know, find tutorials and do all the above and learning back in the day, the music quality was so different. You know, everybody was just mashing things together, you know, like, oh, those sound good together. Let's just smash those things together with no real thought process of how it's going to translate on speakers. I mean, you listen to old school cheer music and it's just it's just like, oh, what the heck is going on? It sounds like the speakers are going to just explode. There's just so much noise trying to be like pressed out of them at one time. But I think that's what more or less is something that, you know, I had to grind for and I still grind to it today. I mean, you got to continue to evolve. And, you know, there's so many music techniques out there from so many different genres of music outside of just cheerleading music that, you know, could definitely be used to enhance your sound now. But, you know, back in the day, I think what kind of just came natural was just you know, the rhythm and the flow and how songs would come together and what parts of songs to use and how to, you know, put a beat together that just kind of enhances what song you're playing at the time. Um, And that was just, it it was just so much fun. It's like creating your own like mixtape back in the day with, you know, your tape player in the radio, you know, trying to pause and hit record at the right time just to, just to get that one part of the song you wanted. And Yeah. So, you know, I, I loved, loved music. And I mean, everybody loves music, but that was, that was just me. I'd be, you know, in my room by myself, listening to music all day long, you know, either training martial arts or when I got older, you know, working out and working on my flexibility and, you know, training cheerleading, but like music was everything. And, you know, listen to it all the time. And, you know, even before I like started working for sounds like that, you know, I had on my, on my parents' old, dinosaur computer you know i had acid and uh, acid the computer program i should say for mixing music um <laughs> that could have sound bad but um <clears throat> yeah i i open it up and you know i try to play things together and you know work things together and just was something that really intrigued me and i mean growing up in rh2 i mean video games were a lot of fun so you know this kind of seemed like a video game per se Um, and Mm -hmm. as soon as I could figure out that I could do these things and, you know, make money and, uh, make a little side hustle from it, like, oh my gosh, like sign me up, let's go. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was music back in the day. You know, there, it was just mashing up things, you know, really wasn't a lot of voiceovers besides maybe like a team name here or there, but yeah, it is crazy how that has changed so much. And I think we'll get into 
Well, let's talk about it right now. Yeah, so the voiceovers have totally changed. Before, music used to be predominantly, you know, music, songs we heard on the radio, Rihanna or, you know, whoever, Taylor Swift. And then in 2016, the game changed and that like changed everything. Talk to the people who don't know about how, talk to us about what happened in 2016 and then how that had an impact on music and, and you specifically. Dude, 2016, what a wild time, man. The world flipped up upside down, man. I mean, not trying to, you know, talk about stories of what truly identified what needed to change. But basically, USA Cheer decided that they wanted to legitimize music and make sure that everybody was producing mixes the way it's supposed to be and not doing what people had done from years in the past, you know, so I'll just I'll just keep it like that. But all of a sudden, you know, the utensils we as editors had at our fingertips to use for music production all got stripped away from us and we were left scrambling to figure out well what are we going to do i mean leading up to 2016 you know custom voiceovers and custom raps and some custom songs were definitely introduced so there was definitely a direction for that but you know all of those things cost money and the more custom you make the music well the more money you're going to spend. So specifically for sounds like that, you know, what Steve and I were doing was trying to figure out how we are going to keep our music affordable for the hundreds of high schools that do not want 28 eight counts of cheer voiceovers and raps and songs because, well, that's not what they like. That's not what the high school scene was. You know, all stars, it was easy. Like, oh, we're just going to push and we're going to go custom and, you know, all-star music already is is pretty expensive in relevance to high school cheer. So, I mean, the trends are going that way. We'll just continue to push that way. So trying to find ways to keep our music affordable for high schools, but still evolving with the trends in the all-star world. I mean, it was a, a balance of two worlds. And that was why, I, sh- I shouldn't say that's why, but, you know, this was Steve and I's, you know, main focus. And I'm sure it was everybody's focus at that time too, but, you know, I can only speak out of Uh, out of my experience, you know, Steve got on the calls with all the all the big people that were in the music industry outside of cheerleading, trying to figure out, okay, can we use this? Can we use that? What are we supposed to do? We ended up calling all these different production companies, um, and finally started getting some nibbles on a few options of uh, they're called sync libraries, which at the time, I mean, we had used some of them, but the licensing contracts were astronomical. You know, we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars to license this, you know, library of music that nobody knows anything in it, you know, so trying to pitch that to be like, oh, hey, you know, Jason, sorry, you know, you can't have, you know, so and so artist, but would you like to have this sound alike of something that doesn't sound anything like it, but it kind of does. Trying to pitch that to people was it just, no, we don't want that. You know, we want this mainstream artist and we want this, this theme with just give me m M&M. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, no, well, this kind of sounds like that. Would you like that? You know, and so that that, that was the sync libraries at the time, you know, and you know, we were able to get a hold of this, this one library and used it that year. And what's crazy is, you know, the high school scene hated every second of it. They didn't want to do it, but the all-star scene blew up. They're like, oh yeah, we love this, you know? And I, I think that was the real dividing factor of this is actually going to work out. It gave us as editors the ability to continue doing 
what we're doing, you know, and doing it 100% in the right direct in the right way and giving you as the all-star clients, the high school clients that like that as well, the ability to continue to have music that had musicality, you know, because that was the biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're just going to put together like a little boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats beat. And then it's just going to be, mm-hmm. you know, cheerleading voiceovers for, you know, a minute and 30 seconds or two minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like, who wants to listen to that? We need, we need musicality. We need singers. We need artists, you know, and we need not just the artists. We need the music underneath to help draw that mm-hmm. attention, that spark. The It's always the charisma of the routine is listening to all the sounds underneath everything. Yeah. But yeah, 2016 was wild, man. And, you know, we were very fearful going into everything, but it ended up being at that time, the best year for sounds like that, that we had ever had. And sounds like that had has been going around for gosh, I mean, I've been in the game 18, 19 years now. And sounds like that was around before I was I mean, Steve was mixing on cassette tapes back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's been going on forever. So this 2016 year marked a new direction for the industry. But like it, it totally blew up sounds like that. I mean, we we grew exponentially and it's just been a skyrocket ever since it was crazy. You would never predict it. Oh, such a huge change is going to alter your business and we're going to incur so many more costs with hiring all these different people to you know record and all this but dude the community loved it and we as editors i could pretty much speaking for a lot of them but they disagree they disagree but like we loved it loved it gave us content that was more than what we ever could have had before comes to mixing music you know usually download a song and the song is what you get but now with these sync libraries and other you know libraries of music you get the full song but they also break out these steps Stems, which stems are the different pieces of the song that are used to make the full song. So you just have the vocal by itself. You just have the instrumentation by the self. Maybe you only have, you know, the kick drum or the bass line or the synth or whatever it is. So now you're taking what once was just mashing things together. Now you're actually creating a song and having the ability to strip things out and rearrange it to make it very unique. And that also allowed for the quality of music to go up exponentially because, you know, sometimes you hear a song and you can't hear a word or maybe the sound of this particular part of the the song is is really low and you know you need it to be louder but if it was just the full song you'd make everything louder which didn't help highlight that vocal you wanted but now you could cut all that out and you just have that one vocal and you could blow that up and make it so much louder or switch it up a lot of the times i mean the options are endless and it's just up to the creativity of whoever's working with it to bring it to life so it sounds like this sounds like that it sounds like this real quick um (laughs) that i remember you telling me this i had an idea it was before 2016 what song was it It was it was jay-z and kanye west and it was the you're now watching the throne don't Don't let let me me get And I remember like, dude, we've got to have that in our music, right? And I I remember you telling me, yeah, but like as they're saying, even though the line is really cool, as they're saying that there's like static in the background, like that's just what they did with that part of the song. They like put static in the background of it or whatever. They put like some noise, you know, some some audio effect in the background. And I remember just being like, and I can't, I can't work around that. Like it's there and it's there. I can't, I can't untake that audio out because all you got was that. So you're saying now that with the sync libraries, if you were able to get it from Jay-Z or, you know, you would be able to just have the vocal or just have the static if you wanted to. Is that what you're saying right now? I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever. But with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. 
Fly Right by Tumble Track is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by Tumble Track. Link in the show notes. True story, when I was a kid, my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard. Back then, buying mats from Tumble Track was not an option, but now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by Tumble Track. Start perfecting those rolls, kickovers, handsprings, and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors. Get ready to flip, twist, and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by Tumble Track. Link in the description. So you're saying now that with the sync libraries, if you were able to get it from Jay-Z or, you know, you would be able to just have the vocal or just have the static if you wanted to. Is that what you're saying right now? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it depends on the stems. And all the different parts of the music. Yeah, it yeah. depends. So, some some libraries split them out to where it's, it's every single. And there might be 15 different stems that when pushed together, there might be 15 different stems in that song that make that one final cut. It'll be mm -hmm. excruciatingly detailed. But, you know, then some will just have just the music as you would listen to it with the vocals so it's just those two together so some you get a lot of options some you don't but yeah i mean you're you're spot on with that dude all right man dude so talk to me about going music full time you're out of the game and, and i gotta say this casey i already gave you your flowers that you're an amazing coach they're beautiful you're an amazing by the way thank you for those music producer amazing music producer oh. you I mean, you really are, Casey. And especially, I think we're all like nervous about the, um, you know, dude, what's going to happen? You know, because we're so used to having, like I said, we're so used to having like Jay-Z in our music or Rihanna or whoever in our music. And we decided to go that we were going to go, or for most of our teams, especially our, our elite teams, that we're going to go like this fully custom route. And what you've been able to do, you know, and at first I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, you'll bring on, you know, one person, but it's going to be Casey and Megan going back and forth on vocals. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're going to have. And, you know, and we had Fat Boy at the time. <laughs> Fat Boy. Man, I haven't Dude, he was legit. I like Fat Boy. Dude, yeah. I haven't heard I haven't heard that guy's name in a minute, man. I'm going to have to hit him up, see if he wants to come back for yeah. a couple. And yeah, I, do so. Well, was he the We Bleed Purple and Orange? We Did he do that? Bleed Purple and Orange. Yeah, that. And then uh, what was he? It was that CBU year, you know? I'm in love with the Lancers. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Yes, I totally remember. But, uh, that song came on the other day, and I thought of that. Oh, I was, I was crying. Like, oh, I went down yeah. memory lane not too long ago. I think it was after uh, I listened to the CBU episode, and uh, you had a, a you had a few little sound bites in there, and I was like, oh man, I want to listen to that whole track again. So I went on, and I listened to all of them, man, and that part came on, and I was dying. I was like, I cannot believe we pulled that off. I mean, I remember talking to Fat Boy about it. Yeah, it's like, hey man, so uh, we want to we want to do this, you know, sound alike kind of thing, and you know, and he was talking to me, and you know, he's he's a little southern southern accent, and he's like, you want me to do what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, was like, yeah, just just go for it, man. And, and I mean, it, it sad but true. I mean, it wasn't perfectly on tune in every little part. I mean, we did the best we could with it, right? But I mean, I remember going to the CBU showcase and that play and, and like all the all the cheerleaders' boyfriends were up like dancing around with their hand up, like, oh, I'm 
I'm in love with the Lancers. Oh, and I think it was during basket tosses too. So I mean, the crowd was vibing with it. So it was really fun to see that idea take shape, man. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I cut you off on that one. Continue on. No, you're good. No, you're good. Um, For everyone who's like wondering why this is such a big deal, that song is referencing a not so good song. Yeah. <laughs> So it's really funny that we that we flipped it and turned it into cheer music. So anyway, I'm in love with the Lancers. So anyway, but we went, we decided to go, you know, this fully custom and it's just been amazing. We get our music every year and it's it's Christmas time. It really is. And you outdo yourself every year when we get these mixes in. And I'm just like, dude, this is just... As much as I sing your praises on the podcast, you are the world's best kept secret when it comes to music because oh, it's, thanks, man. it's bar none. It's just, you know, it's incredible. So, and you know, every so often we get people, not every so often, when we're rolling around at competitions and we have our speakers and, you know, the music is playing, people always come up to, who does your music? I'm like, oh, dude, the, the boy K Fresh Marlowe sounds like that. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm always, I'm always glad to plug you. You really do. It's the quality is amazing. You're always on time. The mixes are great. You bring in all sorts of new vocalists. And you're like, hey, I got a new vocalist here. I got this. So hey, we cannot complain. And so I just had to give you your flowers again. You're an amazing coach. Music is just bar none amazing. And um, dude, let's go. And you're, you're your amazing dad, which I kind of want to hop into a little Oof, bit. Man, um, you got me blushing. Jay, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled <laughs> and I'm very appreciative of, you know, all your flowers. You know, I'm going to have them sitting in my office here indefinitely now. Um, but yeah, I thank you for all of those things, man. It's, it, you've been on this, you know, on my side, like every step of the way, you know, uh, you know, going into the music changes. I mean, you know, whether people know or not, I mean, clearly you, you dropped in earlier on groomsmen. So, I mean, they could think, you know, oh, well, they must be good friends, but I mean, we've been, we've been close, close friends, best of friends for eons, it seems now. And like every step of the way, you know, we've always just been like growing and picking each other up and, you know, helping each other out. So I, I definitely, as a friend, listen listening to you say those things, you know, it definitely makes me feel very happy. All the feelings, man. I, I super appreciate everything that you said. Hey, of course, man. Well deserved. Um, dude, Casey, we've been talking longer than I thought we were going to talk. We're going, and I man. still have like 8 billion questions. So I'm like, I want to hold anyone up. So I'm trying to think what, what I should leave in, what I should not leave in. So I'm going I'm to get to my favorite questions I really want to ask you. Oh, okay. right, let's, let's, let's hit this one up. What made you decide to go music full-time like just talk to us about that transition and just like yo hey we're going full-time music yeah so i mean that season when i decided to go music full-time it was going uh my wife and i megan we were coaching at california all-stars and we had just come off a stellar season out of all the competitions we competed at four teams we only got like two second places i mean we we molly walked i mean we were we were the new the new gym for ca and i mean we just came out swinging and you know we wrecked shop and it was so much fun oh my gosh it was so much fun definitely the most successful cheerleading season I had ever had in my career. And I'm sure Megan as well. But you know, the next season came along and Megan and I did a lot of soul searching. We were, we're spending a lot of time at the gym. I mean, we had kids and you know, we were very blessed to have such a great amount of support from our friends and family, you know, helping us out with, you know, the kids while both of us are coaching and whatnot, but it was getting taxing and something that we both you know, Megan and I both wanted to do was kind of put more 
of our attention on our own kids and their activities. So we had made a, a tough decision at the gym to, you know, take a step back and focus on ourselves and focus on our family and, you know, grow ourselves, you know, and at that time, the only other line of income that we had was, was music. And so this is short story here, but really funny. I remember calling Steve and be like, Hey man, so decided not to coach anymore. So just calling in to, you know, see if there's more music and whatnot. And I'm here. And he literally looked at, or he didn't look at me, you know, he, he stopped on the phone. He's like, man, it is about time. Oh my God. I've been telling you for years to get out of that and just do music, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, he opened up and, and just dropped the most amount of music that I could literally take. It was a buffet. You know, Steve at that time was doing primarily every single, you know, mix that he could do. And, you know, I had my set schedule, but, you know, he wanted to kind of transition more out of things to do more of be on the business side to grow the business. And he needed me more or less to pick up all of the production side of things. So then could, you know, he kind of steer the ship while I keep the ship working. So yeah, that's, that was the, that was the transition. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a hard transition, but it just kind of naturally happened. You know, it was meant to be and very thankful for Steve trusting me to, you know, start taking his clients and, you know, transitioning to my clients and moving forward that way. So, I mean, that was it, probably an anticlimactic story, you know, to be honest, because it just happened. There wasn't a cataclysmic event that said boom but that's just what it was i mean it, it sucked stopping coaching because i'd been doing it for so so long in so many different sports but you know looking back now is the best decision that i have made for you know myself and my family because you know from that point on megan and i continue to grow or spending more time with our family and our kids and i mean being a cheer coach you know it and everybody who is listening to this podcast knows i mean cheer is life it is you dedicate so much more time to it than just the hours you're you're there it comes with you after the gym, you're thinking about it all night, you wake up, you're thinking about it all day. Like it's, it's definitely something that consumes a lot of your day to day life and being able to finally separate that and have more time to let other things in. It was definitely much needed. So miss it every day. Love it so much. But yeah, super happy that not necessarily got out, but made the change. Yeah. All right. So now, so Casey, another, another sad day in my life. I was happy for you. Sad for me. You decided to move to Orlando, Florida. You were here in California. We were able to see each other, even though we didn't see each other all of the all of the time, uh, especially after I moved. Or no, you moved first. But you eventually moved to Orlando, and I was, he's no longer going to be here in California. But you're in Orlando now, and your daughter has decided she wants to be a cheerleader now. So Tenley is a cheerleader. Top so Gun, what's it baby. been like? And you're at Top Gun Orlando. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So what, what's that been like, especially as a coach? And you're not just a coach. You're a great cheerleading coach, or you know, at least you were at one point, right? And so you have to watch your daughter being coached by other people. So what has that been like as a dad? You know, it is is definitely some of the happiest moments that I could think of in recent times. I mean, I we uh, never really like pushed her to do much. You know, she was a dancer when we were in California. You know, she did a studio dance and she loved performing. She was a natural at it. She picked up choreography. She was a great performer. All of her coaches loved her. Cheerleading was just never her thing. And I mean, we had coached at 
so many of the, the places in California prior. And, you know, we were just kind of hoping that when and if she wanted to go into something that wasn't something that we had, you know, already been a part of, kind of wanted to be able to detach ourselves from that aspect of it, because we want this to be her thing and not her thing. But these are all our people. So we know the ins and outs and everything of it. But uh, yeah, so we ended up going to watch you guys over here at the summit, got her out of the house. And I think it was actually the year summit was was uh, during COVID and, you know, we all just stand outside on the, on the little dots and everything. And I was like, oh, you know what? We might not make it in to watch them this time because there's a lot of people, but we happened to scrape in at the very end. There was just, you know, three spots left and it was Megan, myself and and my daughter Tenley. And we got to go in and watch you guys perform and I put her on my shoulders and man, after that performance, she walked out and she looked up at Megan and I, she's like, I think I want to try this out. And I, I about did a backflip. I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. You know, I, I it's just something that, yeah, cheer, we love cheerleading so much. But to hear your kid, you know, want to do it. It's not like we're pushing her to want to do it. I mean, in hindsight, I wish she would have got into it a lot, lo- you know, a lot, uh, you know, longer ago because, you know, the younger you get into it, more natural you, you progress in the sport. So luckily, you know, that was the summit. So when she said she wanted to do it, I mean, tryouts were just, you know, a week and a half away. So, I mean, got her upstairs in the house, started stretching her out, working her on the basics, jumps, motions, you know, some, some rolls. She loved it, you know, ended up making a, a prep team her first year out. And, you know, it was, it was so much fun watching her, you know, I can't help Help but like watch her and like cry it's it's kind of cheesy to say but like i i can't watch a performance uh with her in it and not immediately getting emotional you know it, it's it's just it's just crazy but i mean that's the dad side of me right the the coach side of me that took a while <laughs> for me to you know kind of figure out how i was going to cut it out right because i'd sit there and i'd watch practice and you know everybody does things different and that is absolutely and you're okay, watching prep practices you know? so <laughs> yeah but it was very hard for me to internalize watching and seeing things and like thinking to myself, like that kid's transitioning, transitioning and their arms are everywhere. They need to tighten that up or their lips need to be pointed. That hitch needs to be pointed. I, I, I mean, I was a stickler for pointed toes. Like that was it. You know, I, that, that was something that uh, Eddie and Orby from, from Smoed taught me a very, very, very long time ago, back when they had first started coaching over there. And, you know, they made a comment about pointed toes and the hitch. And I was just like, it's, it just exploded. Like, oh my gosh, like now, since you see it, you can't ever unsee it. And that was it. So, I mean, just those small little nuances that as a coach, you know, you just kind of, you find, fine tooth comb all of the little things that make your teams as good or as successful or as clean as they can be. And just kind of seeing those small little details just be kind of pushed away time and time again. And then, you know, sitting and watching them perform and they had a stunt fall. It's like, oh, well, they should have watered that down, you know, in the warm up room because they've been falling for the last three weeks of that stunt. You know, why did they make that change or whatever the case may be? It took a while. I could definitely sense that when Tenley would listen to Megan and I talk about things, she Tenley didn't necessarily get upset or anything. She just would then want to chime in as well. And at that moment, I'm like, eek, maybe this isn't too good for us to continue doing only because I don't want her to kind of have a sense of entitlement going to practice and having her parents be coaches that know so much 
and then have her kind of step in out of place per se. And luckily, you know, my daughter is is nothing like that. She doesn't have those characteristics like I do. So <laughs> she uh, a lot smarter. And uh, uh, so, you know, she kind of just goes in and she's the kid that performs every time, no matter what day of the week it is, no matter what time of the day it is. She has her makeup on, her ponies fierce, her outfits always ready. And, you know, she shimmies, she smiles, she's clean, she's tight, you know, she's, she's not that kid that you have to remind what to do more than one time. And, you know, she definitely gets that characteristic trait probably from her mom as yeah, man, it's, it's so much fun, you know, this, so this is going on her third year cheering now. Um, last year, she was on bullet gold, which was a youth level one medium and dude, they they slaughtered the, they're undefeated. They won, you know, the all-star worlds. It was so much fun sitting back and just letting, letting life happen and letting her completely enjoy the game and Megan and I stepping back and, you know, not necessarily trying to be overly involved in any which way. Uh, it naturally happens because as soon as a couple of the parents kind of figure out like, oh, wait, you were a coach. Well, where'd you coach? Oh, so we coached so-and-so and like, oh my gosh, really? Oh, well, what's going on now? What's going on here? Would you change that? What would you do? It's like, oh no, here we go. So we, you know, we kind of had a good little following of friends that, you know, we clicked with that, you know, we, we maybe kind of brought them into, you know, seeing a few different things in a, a different light versus just, you know, this is what the parents see. This is what the coaches see, you know? So it, it's funny after every competition, they're like, all right, so how'd they do? Did anybody fall? How many deductions we have? You think that's enough to win? Eek. Oh yeah. I think it kind of stressed more parents out than, you know, they had initially, you know, wanted, Yeah. but it, it's just really funny, but yeah, a great season. Loved every second of it this year. She's on uh She's on youth too. So we'll see. I, I really look forward to watching her grow and, you know, seeing this challenge of really seeing her push to get all of her level two skills completely solid. And I mean, youth level two, I mean, that that's a tough division. I mean, these kids are are pushing up kids to extended levels and all yeah. this kind of, I mean, I, youth age kids were, were, were so much fun. It was so much fun to coach them. But you have such a, a wide age range that, you know, you have your little young kids that are still trying to chase the fairies around the gym and the butterflies and the and all the other things, try to pick the carpet. And then you have the older kids that, you know, are basically junior age kids, but put on the younger team and they, you know, they're serious. They're like, boom, let's go. And, you know, that, that's my daughter's role. She's, you know, one of the older ones on the team. So, you know, it, it'll be fun to see how she grows with this season. But yeah, man, it's it's so much fun. It is so much fun. I love it. I love every second of it. Absolutely love it. Case, you know what else I've learned about this in this podcast? We should have had you on earlier. <laughs> we should have had you on earlier, Case. I guess we had it scheduled for May, and then that, I'm not really sure what happened. But anyway, dude, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to a break, and then we'll end with our classic four questions when we come back. You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15 and 
full two minute and 30 second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget, but that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So we're going to get into our final four questions, but I actually have a fifth question for you, Casey. So you're going to get one special question here at the end. But, um, you know, we'll start with, you know, the classic. What needs to stop, start, or change in the industry? Oh, man. I uh, This question haunted me <laughs> for probably several days after we were – finally legitimately going to put this together and, you know, do the podcast together. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to ramble on here, but I mean, I think what needs to come back, bring back the craziest, hardest clout chasing, tumbling passes, man. I'm telling you, there wasn't anything more enjoyable than sitting at Dallas. Cause at that time, that's what it was. You know, they didn't have everybody at worlds back then. You know, I don't even think worlds was even in existence during this time, but like you'd sit down and you would just watch the tumblers go across. And maybe this was just me and not everybody else, but like, dude, people grinded the most ridiculous corner passes or did the most spectacular standing tumbling passes just to prove that they were the best at it and nobody else could be better than them seeing people throwing rooster man you talked about pro x earlier standing double like what i remember seeing that on uh, on the daytona stage man when just what the heck and then what was it uh cheer athletics had the line of standing doubles going and then you had gym time mm -hmm. you know they were like oh you did standing doubles we're gonna do standing whip doubles and then the next year oh we're gonna do standing whip punch full punch doubles it's like what are these guys doing oh my gosh they're killing it i mean nowadays everybody's throwing really crazy passes and, and, and remarkable tumbling you know but rewind the clock here to dinosaurs were cheering like us right and i mean you'd see that one corner pass and be like oh my gosh that person is just way ahead of the game with everybody else so mm -hmm. it was just it was so much fun personally going into the gym and, and thinking how am i going to be that last pass or get close to the last pass and what am i going to throw just to impress whomever is looking or whatnot but i mean that's why you know i feel as if you know when i started coaching and the score sheets were, you know, much different, like, oh, you got to have your, your squad mass tumbling and everybody has to do this. And these are what you have to do for X, Y, and Z that it kind of took away the, the need to just chuck something outrageous. I mean, I remember, yeah. you remember the bounce back passes? I mean, it was, what was it? Robert Gregory, man, gym time, just mm -hmm. busted a double through to double bounce back, double through to double. And everybody just lost it. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe yeah. that he just did that pass. Yeah. I mean, I think it was Ty Hill the year before when he was on Y. Wildcats did one too. I mean, just unbelievable. Just the crowd would go crazy. So I don't know. Bring back the hard corner passes. Let's go, kids. I know that your ankles hurt, but let's go. Coaches, <laughs> let them fly, man. Let's go. Let's see it go. Let's go. This might be a, I mean, this is a small one to bring back. I mean, bring back jumps to tuck. Let's go. I mean, I remember back when you had to do spinning 15 jumps to back just to max out. Let's go. I mean, 
Now it's just a double toe touch clean and then move. I mean, okay, I get it. You know, there's probably plenty of safety precautions yeah, yeah. around it all, but like, come on, let's go. And I'm sure people that are, you know, pushing the generation prior to us are thinking like, yeah, let's bring back the mini tramp. Let's go double back baskets. <laughs> you know, so maybe, maybe I'm yeah, just out of funny. touch with anything, but yeah, I like that, but I'll, I'll stop it there. I remember um, watching these old routines. I remember lady bullets did like five jumps to back one year, like the first year they did it. And it's like, they did five jumps to back. Yeah, like, man. I just remember like Robbie in the front, just being like one, two, three, yeah. four, five. Like they did five. Like it's crazy. Yeah, 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 man. So yeah, when I watch those old routines, I'm like, dude, oh man, this is crazy. Cheer, yeah, cheer used to be wild back in the day. Yeah, it was really cheer, funny. Yeah, the, without, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, it was really funny is when you, you sit down like, you know, with my daughter and I'll show her old cheerleading videos and she'll be like, oh, that's weird. Why'd they do that? That's not what you're supposed to do anymore. It's like, oh, okay. So this mm -hmm. isn't as cool as I think. <laughs> <laughs> I remember showing there's a girl I used to coach named uh Stevie Grinky. Uh I coached Stevie at CVU. Stevie was on Smoed. And I remember showing her one of my favorite routines is Top Gun. So it's TGLC. We didn't call him TGLC at the time, but it's TGLC from what year is it? 2004, 2005 at Cheer Sport. It's still on YouTube. One of my favorite routines. And I remember showing that to Stevie. Like, hey, this is one of my one of my all-time favorite routines right here. And she's just like, why are there so many random round-off tucks in the routine? They're yeah, like, right. I don't know. Like, that's just what <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really matter back then. Like, yeah, there was a bunch of doubles, but there were also a bunch of random round-off tucks in the routine as well. So yeah, you know, it was cheerleading back then. It was a it was a ton of them though, you know. That that's one thing. I mean, yeah. there was that that stretch of time with with Top Gun that, you know, it's just like, all right, let's just throw these these quad punch fronts and it's like all right well let's how about we throw 20 punch front through to doubles at one time you know yeah. that that year was absolutely wild i think yeah. the worlds collide was the stuff. song and, that, and, they and now you're part right of the game the you're part dropped. of the family oh, boom are you ready right, to case. Like, oh my gosh yeah let, the, the arena lost it the it was it was unbelievable seeing that cross but yeah, man, I feel you. That's cool. I love it. All right, here we go. Let's get to uh, any rumors, narratives, narratives, or myths you want to uh, debunk right now. Dude, if there is a rumor, a narrative, or a myth that I'm involved in that I don't know about, I mean, please let me know. I mean, that's I, 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 I got nothing on this topic. I mean, I thought of it for a while, but I mean, yeah, man, I, I just kind of keep to my own. So hopefully, you know, I don't have too much dirt on my name, you know? <laughs> But I mean, I, I, I guess the only thing I talk of, I mean, something that people would probably, you know, have said about me in a, in a younger time frame, you know, I, I coached at a lot of gyms, gym hopper, whatever the case may be. But I mean, whatever anybody would have possibly had to say, I mean, the only reason that I would move from job to job would either be I'm moving or I was offered a better position paying more or it was a strategic move to, you know, better my career. And I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, they're in, in Southern California, there's so many cheerleading gyms and I'm sure it's very similar in a lot of different States, but in Southern California, especially, I mean, there was almost one in every 20 minute direction. You could be at a brand new facility and go from there. So, I mean, each and every time I decided to make a move, it was, it was never anything personal. It was never anything malicious. It was just something that I needed to do for me or I needed to do for my family. And I, I, this was something back in the day too, 
Like, you know, you would have your kids that you coached. And if one of them ever got a, a hint of wanting to jump to another gym, I mean, so many people would get so upset. Like, oh, I can't believe you're, you're, you're abandoning us. And, you know, there was so much hate, bad things said. And yeah, that was just never me. That wasn't, that's not my viewpoint. I mean, I've always said this and I'll continue saying it. Like, you know, you got to do you, you know, you have to make the right decisions in your life that are best for you. And unfortunately, that might sound insensitive to other people's feelings. But I mean, you got to put yourself first in some cases. And if it's going to put you in a better position for your future, I mean, you got to do it. You know, you got this, you got this one life to live, do what you need to do, you know, make your dreams come true. You know, Danny Altman, obviously close friend of both of ours and another groomsman in your wedding. You know, I coached him at maximum back eons ago, you know, and that kid was stupid good. He came out and he was doing toss hands like nothing. You know, it was also a martial artist. So, I mean, it was easy for him to learn all these flips. And I mean, he, he got a full in no time at all. And, you know, at that time, you know, maximum, we were a co-ed four and he had way more than co-ed four tumbling and stunting. And I looked at him, I said, Danny, this is, this is a great spot for you to be in, but like, we can, we don't have a team to offer you. That's going to push your limits. And I, you know, I told him, I was like, if you could, if you get the ride, you need to go down to San Marcos. You need to go to Cali. You know, you gotta, you gotta better yourself because you're great and you're going to go great places. And that's exactly what he did. And I mean, it's just, that's who I am. I'm not going to be mad if somebody makes a decision that betters them and, you know, maybe puts me at a disadvantage, whether it be in cheerleading with losing a great kid or the case may be. I mean, you got to do you, boo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And shout out to Danny Altman, who just won Worlds as a coach with Cali Cohen. Dude, so shout yeah. out to Danny and Shelly. Huge win, man. Huge win. So proud of him. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, crazy to be on the team, you know, coach it and then win Worlds with So he won Worlds with them as an athlete. Yeah. And then won Worlds with them as a coach. That's legit, man. Dude, it, it, it's super cool watching him just out there doing the thing and you know remembering where it all began and when him and his wife first met i mean it, it's just super cool man love that guy yeah boom all right who else should we have as a guest on the show oh you've had some great people on the show but if if you're gonna have one person you gotta have the man the myth the legend eric little i'm telling you that is <laughs> a game changer phenomenal choreographer an amazing human being you gotta do it yes eric little eric little you've been called out we gotta have you on the show man eric dude that guy is a crack up eric little i can't be in the same room with him and not just die laughing so yeah eric little all right man that's a good one no one's no one said that one before that's yeah a good one. That's and really out of good all one. the episodes that i hear i'm like oh my gosh i you know yeah he, he is he is cheerleading in in my opinion, yeah. he was phenomenal choreographer, great friend. I mean, he, you know, he got you know me into, you know, the Bring It On movie that, you know, so he's just having him as a choreographer during that time and then just getting so close to him since then. And, you know, he was always my number one choice, no matter where I went to coach, like, hey, we need to dance. I'm like, call Eric. He's going to do it. Mm -hmm. it it's going to be the best dance there is in the world. And I mean, there's so many great choreographers out there. So don't make me, you know, sound like I'm discrediting anybody. Just personally, I love his style. It's classic cheer leading but his formation changes and how he develops everything during a routine is is phenomenal and it, it's it's wild i mean we work a lot with him you know for sounds like that with you know our dance side of the company and you know we see a lot of his videos and, and just what he does it's it's just it's crazy lots of talented people out there the cheerleading world is amazing but yeah eric little let's go on the pod 
There we go. All right, Eric Little, you've been summoned. All right, two more questions, Case. If people want to follow you online, get in contact with you for music, you know, how can they, you know, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, man. My uh, personal social media, if you go out, it's at KFreshMarlo. And my, my Instagram and my social media is boring. You know, I'm a dad. I, I, I try to keep it that way. But, you know, I'm out there. You know, Casey Marlo, you could you could search for me. We could become friends. We could talk. Uh, you know, the best way to get a hold of me would be email Casey at soundslikethat.com. Um, if you want to talk more or less, uh, you know, how things run, I mean, that'd be my wife, Megan. And that's Megan at soundslikethat.com. Um, www.soundslikethat.com is our website. And, you know, you go through the steps of, you know, checking out samples, uh, you know, seeing what our prices are, package details, all the above. You know, we definitely take pride in our packages and our prices. You know, we want them to be affordable for everybody. Uh, cause I mean, not everybody has the deepest pockets in the world, you know, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't have great, great music. So we take pride in offering, you know, phenomenal package prices that are super competitive and getting you the best quality music that, that you could get. And, you know, truthfully, you know, uh, it sounds like that we've been growing year after year and it's, it's not because of our social media presence, sadly, you know, it, it's something that I've always tried to focus on and try to find somebody to do it. But you know, I'm doing music all day, every day for six, seven, eight months. So I don't have time to do it. You know, my wife's running the business and she's dealing with all the clientele and the, the customer service. And that's why our customer service is, is bar none because she handles it. She's the most organized person in the world. And I don't know where I'd be in life without her, you know? So she, she manages this, this business like pro she's handling everything. So she doesn't have time to do it. Right. So a, a lot of our growth when it comes to our, our, our company, you know, on the dance and the cheer side is, is all word of mouth. And it's from us providing good services to great clients like you, Jason, and then you just passing that along to somebody else who's in a pickle that wants to get good music that there's a million people out there that could mix your music. Having a good recommendation is just how we've always done business. And some people might say like, oh, that's so old school, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? We evolve with the times, mm -hmm. but we have a strong thing going and we continue going. And it's, we've had great exposure to the far off reaches of the cheerleading world because of, you know, you and your podcast and being able to give us good shout outs and definitely appreciate you for all of those things. So yeah, that's it. Uh, sounds like that is uh, at SLT Music Pro if you want to search us. But yeah, that's how you get a hold of us. There you go. All right. Last question, especially just for you, Casey. If you could only listen to one mix for the rest of your life, <laughs> how are you gonna do me be? like that, man? One mix. <laughs> wow. Jeez. If I could only remember all of them to have a fair comparison. I don't know if I could give you a straight answer without pausing for like 10 minutes to, to think of the years. There's so many. Um, does it have to be my music? <laughs> No, anything, anything you just want to listen to. Dude, I, back in the day, I always loved listening to uh, Fat Chat, man. He was, he was the man. He brought some, brought some fire to the world. I remember giving you my, I had Beats headphones at the time when we were in, uh, were we in Dallas or were we in Georgia? I think we we're in Georgia. And I gave you my headphones. I'm like, hey man, listen to this track. And I remember you just vibing out like, oh dang. Yeah, man, chat. He was where it's at, man. But I always enjoy listening to your music, truthfully. I love listening to CBU's music. I love listening to Spirit Extremes music. I mean, there, I, I, I do so many, so many mixes a season, just like so many other people. It, it's hard to like differentiate. You know, I think I more or less have sections of music that I like from all these other, you know, routines that if I could just make one big giant mega mix that has the senior, you know, senior black pyramid from last season and, you know, the elite section from so-and-so, I mean, I, I think that would be my, my mega mix, but yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too hard to yeah, love it. It's too hard to put it down. Maybe it'd be, I'm uh, in case, love yeah, with the Lancers. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go, man. Casey, you're welcome back anytime. Let's go, man. We got stories for days. We could just talk one day, not cheer, and just have a lot of fun, man. That'd, that'd be a good time. Definitely would be. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.